Hello everyone and welcome to episode 54 of the Talking Fitball podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try and bring you a top class interview with some of the biggest characters involved in the game. Thank you for downloading and listening to last week's show with Archie McPherson. It was great to have him on. We've also teamed up with Luav Press to give away a copy of his latest book, More Than a Game. To be in with a chance of winning, visit our Twitter and Facebook pages. The deadline is midnight tonight, the 24th of June. So be quick if you want to enter that one. This week I had the pleasure of chatting to former Airdrie and Hearts forward Alan Lawrence. Nipper was part of arguably the greatest diamond side of all time as he played in the Premier League, reached two Scottish Cup finals and even made it into Europe. He gives us an insight into those glory days as well as his early days at Meadowbank Thistle, missing out on a move to his boyhood heroes Hibs what it was like playing for the Jambos, where he would feature in another Scottish Cup final, what he makes of the current situation at Tynecastle, and not forgetting the time he would mix with Hollywood royalty. It's another brilliant interview, absolutely jam-packed with great tales, so sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Fitball podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Football Podcast. I'm delighted to, to be to be saying we're joined this week by former Airdrie and, and Heart star Alan Lawrence. Alan, thank you very much for, for joining us. No bother, pal. Great to be here. Um, before we look back at the, the career, Alan, first of all, um, I mean, as we record this podcast, the news has come out that the, the reconstruction plans have been shelved. Um, hearts are considering legal action against the SPFL. It's all a bit of a, a mess, isn't it? Yeah, as as for me now, sure, it just sums up Scottish football as a whole just now. As I said, uh, over the five to the last ten years, the game for me had dropped dramatically in Scotland. People are paying good money for poor fare, and uh, can't see it getting any better. Yeah, it's a sort of state of affairs. The whole COVID nineteen thing is it affecting us all at the moment, Alan? In terms of yourself, is how are you, how you coping with the old lockdown? Well, to, uh, to start with, it was, it was a bit of a problem. And I got to the stage where after maybe five or six weeks, because I've been furloughed for, this will be my 12th week now. Yeah. And I was desperate to get back to work. But you know what? It's, it's kind of we're off now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm kind of getting used to this semi, it's like being semi-retired. But, and I think what's changed that for me is that once you open the golf courses again, because that's my hobby now, Yeah, I've been able to get out and get a right games of golf and catch up with you know, some, of the, some of the other members and have a blather on that and just something different and yeah. the old routine. But uh, to be honest, I, I can't wait to get back to work. I never thought I would say that, but... <laughs> I don't think you're alone there. I think it's sort of starting to grate on people now. I think they've they've had enough of it. Um, looking back to the career, then, Alan, uh, great career in the game, of course. Um, when you were born back in 1962, were you always sort of playing football as a as a young boy? Ah well, back in our days, that that's what you done when you when you were a, a young kid growing up. I can always remember from the age of I would be four, five. Anything I've ever done, where I stayed, we had, a, we had a garden around the back of the flat, we had one around the front, and we were just, it was a, it was a ball of the game. As soon as you come home from 
Well, you were in, you were changed, and you were out. You were out with a ball with your pals. That, that was just that. And if my mum sent me to the shop, I used to take a ball with me and just dribble a ball down right to the shops, and then all the way back again. <laughs> Mental, you just you don't see anything like that. You don't even see kids playing in the park very rarely. No. No, it's changed. It's changed days indeed. Did you have any? Did you support a team when you were when you were growing up? Did you follow anybody? Yeah. I will. But, but once I started going, my dad started taking me to the games. My dad and all his relations and that they were all Hibs fans, so he took me to Easter Road. So <laughs> kind of grew up supporting the the Hibs team of the 70s, and but what a great team they had. I mean, I, I grew up with the Dan and. Aruark, Crotway, Gordon, Edwards, Brownlee. Hibs had a fantastic team at that time and they had a bit of success. But when you grow up as a young lad, I always, from about the age of 10, I think, I just had it in my head I wanted to be a footballer. And I always remember when I went to my first day Edinburgh Derby and I watched the game and I thought, I'd love, just love to play in one of these games. Yeah. when I was older and eventually I, I, I worked that way but ended up with was way I'd be up supporting <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff and did, did you always want to sort of be a, a forward as well is that the position you always played? No, no because before before I when I started playing I was because I was small and some of the teams I played for I used to I started my first position when I started playing was a super started as a sweeper at primary school and then through high school. And then when I went to, can I remember, I went to, I'm trying to think what club it was, went to one of the clubs and because I was quite quick, one of the guys says, I'm going to play you up front. Just you done it. And after that, it was just, it was a no trainer because I was, was scoring goals like centre and just... You know that feeling, but there's no no better feeling when you're scoring goals. Yeah. So sometimes uh, you need to play sweeper the day, and you're like, oh, God, you know, I will, I'd rather be up front. But I until probably like 17, 16, I was I was a sweeper. Yeah. Wow. And when you joined Meadowbank Thistle, did they just sort of send scouts to go and watch you playing for a, a boys' club or what have you? Uh, I don't know how it worked because I was assigned for them from a played with East House's boys club under yeah. twenty one, who we had we had a very successful team in the years I was there. We won, I think, one season we won of the trophy by the Scottish Cup, and we got beat in the final in that one. But uh, it just so happened that there was a, a lot of good young players going about that time, and I think Terry Christie fell. Used to take in games, and he had told me and asked me for a trial one night. I don't. I already had a trial with Hearts a couple of weeks before that, and I played with Hearts, and I'd been playing as a centre forward. And my manager, the East House, he's told me you go to play for the Hearts trial. Don't don't let them play you wide right. So soon, I got playing Motherwell and the, the, the jumpers up and the boys said, you're number seven. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be playing wide right. So I played, I never played particularly well. And then it took me off just at half, half a 
through the second half and my manager just says to me, get ready. But kind of, he was raising it up because he played me wide right. He, could, he told him to play me through the middle. And then about two weeks, two weeks after that, Terry approached me and asked me if I wanted a trial for middle bank. So I went there, played at a trial. Uh, I think we played confirming at uh, the old East End Park. And I played really well that night. And Terry signed me the, the following week. Wow, because I mean, you, you, in terms of signing for a, a senior club, you, I mean, were you 22, 21 at, at that age? So, um... I was coming on to 22 because I played for the under 21s, and that was my that was my last season. You played three years there. I was actually I was approached and signed for Musselburgh Juniors. It was Billy Brown who was the manager at that time, and he was asking me to go and sign for them, but. Uh, the middle bank thing came up, so that was my opportunity. I wanted to get senior. I wanted to try and make an impact on the game there, and that was that was the first step towards it. Terry Christie, you mentioned there. What what was he like as a as a manager to work with? Terry, well, when you when you come from the the juvenile ranks and then you go straight into the professional, it's like night and day. I, I could, when I was twenty one, I was. Having a drink, games, and playing the games, and it didn't bother me. But as soon as you go senior, your your whole attitude changes. And I, I just thought if I could go to Meadow Bank and play under a manager, because I'd heard good things about Terry, and he had good players there. And there's a lot of stories going about that time that Terry was one of the up and coming managers. So I went there, and Terry was a great, great manager, very thorough. If you, went, if you were playing up against somebody, he would let you know their weaknesses. And But he was always positive, telling you what your strengths were and just go out really good. You always, you always do. And from that uh, point, it worked quite well for me. Yeah. Did you notice a jump when you moved to the, the senior game from what you were used to? Yeah, I did, I did notice a jump because what happened is Terry had... And he'd be playing up front as a striker for a bit. And then I think he, he realised that I needed a bit more toughness about me or I just needed to know the game better. So he actually ended up, he ended up moving me right back to oh. see that side, see what's in front of you in the game and teaching me how to tackle and just so that was that was a great part of my education when I first went there because it, once I'd done it I, I quite enjoyed it and it gave me it gave me an appetite to go and you know what to do better and, yeah. and it gave me it gave me the, the the motive to go and get back playing up front again absolutely right yeah. to let me learn the games and I'll use that and then eventually we go back and then we're playing up front and end up playing up, it was me and Darren, Darren Jackson, signed it, uh, probably about a year later and we just, we hit it up right away. Yeah, what was he like like to play with? Did you notice back then that he had a bit of talent about him? Well, I knew Darren because when I played for East House, one of the teams we played was Melbourne Thistle, under yeah. 21s, we were, two, we were probably the two top teams at that uh, age group in that day, so... I knew a few of their players and I knew Darren had been there. So I knew I knew he was a talented player. 
and I only found out uh, when I started playing with him at uh, Meadowbank that he was destined for he was destined for bigger things because he was too good for that level even then. Yeah. You had a few seasons, of course, at Meadowbank, then Dundee um, come, come calling. Was, was there any other clubs in for you then, Alan? Did you have to sort of pick and choose or was that a case of they, they came in you went, oh, brilliant, I can step up here? No, no, well, round about that, I remember round about that time, just before before uh, I went to Dundee, I went to Newcastle, but the, I think there was a few months before that, I can't remember who the Hibs manager was, possibly John Blackley, but yeah. they, they had offered Medibank money for both Darren and I to both go there and sign. And I think, I, think, I, I don't know what the money was, but they offered, which Terry said no. He says, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that for one of them. So it must have been a, quite a, a meagre offer. And what stemmed for that was Darren went to Newcastle for 100 grand and I went to Dundee for 30. So Terry, Terry was right. I mean, I would have, me and Darren would have loved to have went to Hibs right there and then, but it wasn't to be. And I think the result of me going to Dundee was because we'd played them in the Scottish Cup that season, season before. And three games we played it was in the old day when I replay then you replayed again then it was a toss of the coin to see what venue you played at home or away so I'd played against Tosh McKinley who's a Scotland and Scotland yeah. full back at that time and I'd gave him I'd gave him a really hard time in the three games and Jockey Scott obviously been impressed been impressed yeah. so he uh, got in touch with Terry and he spoke to me and then I was actually I was actually when I signed for Dundee at that time because I signed in March. Medibank, we got promoted that year. We got promoted. I would have liked to have stayed under the season and been part of the promotion thing, but as it was, Jockey wanted me to go there and play a few games before the season finished. So yeah. that me yeah, I moved up in March, and that was me full time. That that was my aim. I was just to try and get into full time football, and then I done it that. But that was me sorted. Yeah. Did you ever look back at that time when you, you, you could have made, you could have signed for Hibs? I mean, the boyhood club that you supported. Did you ever look back? Oh, what might have been sort of thing? Yeah. You, well, you do. You always look back because I think at the time there was a bit in the, the local paper. I think it was the Pink News or something. It was in Edinburgh. There was a bit, bit of stuff in there saying that Hibs were very interested. So it gives you that being centre to try and play better and you know improve yourself. But once nothing comes here, you just head mm-hmm. down, just yeah. hold on and try and hope that somebody else. And then, as I say, Newcastle came for Darren and Dundee coming for me. So we still got our moves anyway and we moved up again. Yeah. And I mean, you were playing with some cracking players at Dundee at that point. I mean, like uh, Tommy Coyne was there, Keith Wright, of course, was was there as well, and like you say, Tosh McKinley w- w- was there as well, a young Colin Hendry in that as well, so some good players there. Aye, well, Colin Hendry, he just left, he went down to Blackburn, that's when he went yeah. to Blackburn, but there was uh, Tosh, Jim Duffy, Stuart Rafferty, yeah. uh, Tommy Coyne, Keith, who else? I mean, we just had a great squad, John Brown, Colin Brown was there, Aye. we had a fantastic squad, so... I wasn't under any illusions when I went there that I knew I wasn't going to just be stepped in. Jockey yeah. told me that in the first team squad, see how things will go. And then, 
that's what I done. First full time pre season, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just you're used to doing your pre season. When you do it part time, it's you do full time. It's non stop. But one thing <laughs> it is, it, it makes you fit. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask I mean, about the, the step up going up to Meadow Bank, but going into the Premier League with Dundee must have been another massive jump for you as well. And like you say, the training and all that must have been a uh, a, a step up for you. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a step. And I think, I don't know, things never really went well for me at Dundee. When I first went up there, I played a couple of games before the end of the season. I can remember, I think I made my debut against Hibsey Easter Road. And I played quite well. And then the following season, I was kind of out the team. And then one thing after another, I got a couple of bad injuries when I was up there. I had a, a bad knee injury. So that kind of kept me out of the team for a while. And then when when I was fat, the strikers there, you told me they are Keith Wright, Graham Harvey was there, myself. So it was very hard to get into that. Sometimes I was, I was uh, better off taking the option that Jock used me to play wide right. So I was grateful at that time. But I just think whether I never adapted to the full-time thing as quick as uh, some people do. I just yeah. seem to the injuries and one thing or another. It's never really hard for, for me at Dundee, but I, I had a great time there. It was great lads. And I played a played a right few games, but it just just didn't happen. It wasn't a, it wasn't going to last forever. And eventually, Douglas come in and moved me on to Airdrie. Yeah. Did you did you play in the Dundee Derby at all? I played, played in a couple of the derbies, actually. Yeah. I played there, I don't know if you remember the boy Dates Smith that managed Dundee a yeah. few years, but England boy with a baldy head, and he was known for reciting poetry before games and that, and Shakespeare and all that. And he, he came out and he was a manager, and I can remember we played United at Danes. can't remember what the score was, but the Trumpers, and he stood at the bottom of the, where you got the tunnel down at Honor at Dens, he stood there and clapped the United players off, and I'm thinking <laughs> the fans are raging anyway. You know what I mean? The manager clapping Dundee off to say, "I will." Needless to say, he didn't last very long. <laughs> no, that's, that's a big no-no, isn't it? Um, Airdrie then come calling in that next season. Alan was was that an easy decision for you to make to head back down the road? I think, well, what happened there was the end of that, the season before that, I uh, hadn't been playing at Dundee, so I went back on loan. Terry got me back on loan to Meadow Bank. I think they had about seven or eight games left to go that season and took me back. And we were playing, played Airdrie at Meadow Bank. Airdrie were going for promotion that season. And uh, I think that might have been the second game back on loan. I saw the hard time we beat Airdrie one. So that kind of scuffered their <laughs> promotion thing. And Gordon McQueen was the manager. So obviously, I think yeah. after that game, and he must have kept tabbing for the rest of that season. I ended up playing score at Meadow Bank and only played about seven games. Yeah. So I had a wee spell at the end of that. And obviously, Gordon's noticed that and knew, heard that I was, yeah, sorry, heard I was in that day. So I think he instigated a, a smoke wheel with me going to Airdrie and Gordon McLeod, who was at 
Airdrie was going going to go up to Dundee because Gordon Wallace was the manager by then and he had uh, he had no time for me whatsoever. He wasn't going to play me, so I knew that was that was a good move for me because I I just needed to get away there. Yeah, absolutely. And Jimmy Bone was he was a manager at Airdrie at that time. Is that is, is that right? Well, I what happened? Gordon signed me when I signed and I went to I joined Airdrie and then I played the last four or five games that season for Airdrie and then during the summer Gordon left yeah. <laughs> manager signs you then here we go again but <laughs> uh, come on, and Jimmy Jimmy was good uh, one of the things I liked was uh, if your manager was a much striker that was better for me because that was my yeah. position so yeah. you'd always always think if the manager as an ex striker then he's going to what team to be playing in the ascendancy, you know what I mean? Going forward all the time, creating chances like that. So for that point of view, he was good for me and he was a good manager to he, he let you play. Yeah. Go and do what you're good at. And if we all do it together then if it all, if it comes off it does. So we did. We had a we had a couple of good years with Jimmy and we actually got yeah. promoted. Yeah, you certainly did. Some big characters at Airdrie at that point, of course. We had um, John Martin on a, a, a wee while ago. He sees he's something else, isn't he? But, I mean, what was it like sharing a dressing room with these guys? Oh, absolutely brilliant. Once we had uh, Alec come in, Lodi's Diamond, we were, I can't remember, we were the dirtiest team in the league, the most of cars. <laughs> but see, see the dressing room, see the camaraderie we had in that day. That's why we done so well. I mean, yeah. we had, Big joke. That man was a maniac. Everything that he said is he's just a funny, funny book. But I'll tell yeah. you what, I've never seen a more dedicated keeper in my career as to what he was. He was he was exemplary with his training and his will to win. But he, we had him there and then boys like Jimmy Sanderson, yeah. Kenny Black, Jimmy Boyle, just we had a great, great match. So yeah. we had a couple of good couple of good years there. Yeah. It certainly the promotion winning season was a good year, Alan, of course, when you went up into the, the Premier League again. What was so special about, about that year? Well, just everything that I say is to be we we guys we, we parted together, yeah. we socialised together and we just we had a great camaraderie. And, and round about that time uh, there was a what to talk about the club moving to a new stadium and whatever. At the time, we never had any facilities and we were washing up, taking our own training gear home and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But see the, old, see the old infield that season, people hated going there. The other teams hated yeah. going there. It was just, it was for them a horrible, horrible place. But see, for us, yeah. and we knew that people hated coming there. So you had a kind of wee advantage right away. Yeah. And the probably the fact when you you turned all the heating off in the winter and left them cold <laughs> stuff before games that just off even more. So <laughs> you know what I mean? They they're playing the game like I'm going to have a cold shower for this, and I just it was brilliant. It was brilliant. We had a, a really really good season to me, yeah. and the final day we, we had to go up to race and win that game because it was either us or Dundee, I think. Yeah. Good to go to race that day and beat them and hope that Dundee didn't win. Yeah. And uh, we cried. We scored for four and for about eight ten minutes. It was 
you know, horrendous. But what what we knew in that team is because of how resolute we were. See, when we got a goal up, we knew how to play, not to lose a goal. Yeah. We knew how to, right, we, we've got a lead and we can hold on to that. And, that, and, yeah. and that's what we done that day and took us into the Premier League. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, it's notable, though, in the 90s that Airdrie had a, a great cup side as well. The first run to the Scottish Cup final in 92, beating Hearts on, on penalties and then, and then reaching the final. How, how, how good was it to be a part of that, that run, Alan? Uh, it was fantastic. I can remember that it was, a, that was, it was a funny run because we got some funny draws. We got drawn against uh, Huntley. We up to Huntley. And I'll tell you, that was probably one of the hardest games. We beat the big Andy Smith, scored a hard trick. And then after that, I think we, we knocked, I think we knocked Hibs out in one of their rounds and all. I think we knocked him out in the quarterfinals. Then we beat Hearts in the team, you know. And then we get to the final. And I can remember that year when the other semi-final be Celtic-Rangers, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. And myself and Big Andy Smith we went to that game to watch it because and we were shouting for Rangers because Rangers were going to win the league that year. So if I Rangers get to the cup final, we go into the the cup winners cup because we won the league. So yeah. we're desperate for Rangers to win. So we went to Hamden to watch the, the Celtic Rangers game when Rangers won and we were like oh, brilliant because if Celtic had a won the, into the final. And they, they would have, if they had won it, they would have been the Cup Winners Cup. But we knew, even if we win or lose, we're in the Cup Winners Cup. But we went to that Cup for you know what? We had a chance. We knew we, knew we were a good side and we knew Rangers. I don't think Rangers had won the Scottish Cup for about nine or ten years, up until yeah. that time. So we knew it, was, it wasn't going to be easy for them as well. Although that the McCoy's, Tateley, Jaran, I mean... What a team they had in the days as well. Yeah. Both of them great teams in the days. But we went there, unfortunately, we lost. But we never disgraced ourselves. We just let people know that we were a good side. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I mean, playing in an occasion like that, Alan, of course, you'd play in the 95 Cup final as well. What's that like as a player to play in? Can you, can you sort of take it all in? Well, that that's the problem, right? You don't. It's funny, I've had this conversation a hundred times with guys and they'll say, you're standing in a way, but you don't. And it's your job, you know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're there as a player and as a player, you're, you're always striving to get to games like that. And then when you yeah. get there, it's just, it's terrible, but it's just another game. But the, the whole the whole concept of what I mean for other people, you miss that because... You're, you're in your zone, you're there just to play, try and get a result, and then that's it. Yeah. You don't actually appreciate the day when you're there because you've not got the time to do that. But it's weird. And it's funny now because when I watch, you know, when I look back now and you watch cup finals and you didn't absorb what happened that day, you just don't get the opportunity. Yeah. No, I can imagine. And I mean, the 95 Cup final as well, that's another one where, like you say, you were in the game for the whole the whole entire game, pretty much losing by a goal to nil against Celtic, playing at Hamden. What, what was that game like to play in? Uh, well, that was a, that's, see, to be fair, 
was the same again as the 92 one. I don't think Celtic had won the Cup for a period, nine or ten years. So we knew they were desperate to win. So the pressure was on them. There was no pressure on us because we didn't expect, everybody's expecting us to be able to lose 3-4-0. Yeah. So we just went there, we had a game plan. The game plan was to just try and stifle them getting chances. And we had good players, we had a good defence that could do that. Yeah. We got we are a sucker punch. And it, one of the things I can always remember, one of the things we Doddy had said before the game as part of the, the tactics was to not get Van Hooydonk get a run on you. The, yeah. the, the two centre-backs, if you're too close to him when the ball's coming in, you can't. And big Graham Hay, unfortunately, didn't manage to do that. And Van Hooydonk, the leeway. I mean, Tosh put in a, kind of, in a great cross. And big Pierre's done yeah, done, knocked it as far away for the game as John could get. Yeah. So, we were now down, but we were never out of the game, as you say. We're never out of the game. We kind of huffed and puffed. And for me, yeah. I've, I've looked it back once, and you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't a great game. But when you had John on, you said, uh, I, I don't know if it was a 92 or 95 final when, when he kissed us at the, the Duchess of Kent or whatever, and you, all, the, all, the, all the boys were going, you can't do that, John. Yeah. What, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> you're standing in the you're standing in the line and you're just looking up, you know. And when I seen him doing it, I just pissed myself laughing. I was like, that's just the big man, you know what I mean? <laughs> See the big jokes there, etiquette uh, etiquette goes out the window. Uh, aye, that was that was a ninety five one. But uh, yeah. aye, the big was alone to himself. <laughs> um you mentioned they're playing in Europe, you played Sparta Prague, of course. Um what was that like? As a game, as an occasion to play in as well, Alan. I guess it's it's one of those where, I mean, you're delighted to to, to be there, but um, I mean, you gave them a, a a decent run as well, a decent game. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird because obviously the hyperness about the draw was unbelievable, right? Because it, yeah, let let's not be kidding anybody here, Adrian Vura, you know what I mean? <laughs> so me myself, I'm looking for. I like hot places and I'm going, oh, what, Real Madrid or Barcelona or somebody, somebody in the sun, you know what I mean? So when the draw comes, you're like, flag. You know, a couple of boys are going, who's smart a flag? But I, I knew, before, see, the season before that, they had, yeah. they trumped Rangers out of the Champions League. Yeah, some decent players. Aye, they battered Rangers, so a couple of boys were going, oh, I'll be, by the way, this is, this is a hard, hard game. And I told yeah. them, I said, that's the team that knocked Rangers out last year. All oh, right, enough. And so, but what was great for me was going to the, the game, the old Broomfield, and yeah. seeing the big ref a flag. You remember yeah. the big one at Broomfield? Aye. You remember that? The old UEFA flag flying yeah. up. It was just, for a club like here, it's unbelievable. And we bet it, and bye. We had chances to see the whole. I've watched that back once as well. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a great lover of watching games over and over again. I'll maybe look at them once. And I watched that game, and between me, Andy Smith, and Coyle, we could have easily scored three or four goals that night at the home game. But just one thing or another, good goalkeeping, good work, and then they hit us with the old sucker punch near the end. Scored for a corner, one 0 yeah. Like, come off, like, how did we lose that game? But 
Roberts, even if they were gone over there, we, we believed we were still in the tie because we yeah. had we had gave ourselves a good uh, a good account of ourselves, and we just thought, right, let's go over there and have a go, and we did. But I think it was the second one. I can't remember if it was finished two one or three one. Two two one. It finished over there. Aye, so it was three one on aggregate. Aye. But you know, we got over there and we got a penalty. That would have levelled it, right? So we got a penalty and we boiled it to the penalty and the goalie saved it. And then they score. And I, I can't remember if we equalised to make it one all or if we scored when it was, you know, I can't remember. Kenny Black scored. So Kenny Black scored Aye. the whole career in Europe. Aye. That's a semi fame now. <laughs> you ever get a question asked, you scored the only goal for Airdrie in Europe, it's Kenny Black. Yeah. That's a good pub question, isn't it? Um, I was good. You mentioned there Andy Smith and, and Owen Coyle. What, what were they two like to play alongside? Well, they were they were great for me because I was small. The small yeah. one where they used diminutive. <laughs> <laughs> I just say a, a nippy wee bastard. <laughs> they were they were good outlets for me. Coyle, you know what? Coyle was great. Coyle could take it in and link up. Yeah. Big Andy was more a. Uh, up and ahead and a flick on and batter boys about. So yeah. it just it depended what teams we were playing, who the, the centre back parents were. So if Doddy thought it was maybe going to be a rough and tumble, he would either leave me or Coyley out, right? And play yeah. Bagandi if so he could smash them about. Or if he thought it was a game where they were really slow at the back, he would play, play myself and Coyley. And Big Andy would be on the bench. But it, got, it kind of got staged where me and Coyley were playing all the time and the big man was gutted because the boys started calling him super sub. Because basically what happened, it was, he was either coming on for me or Owen, but every time he come on, he was he would score or he would yeah. turn the game, you know what I mean? So hence he got the name super sub, but the big man, nobody <laughs> wants to be the super sub, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had a great... Uh, I had a great relationship with the two guys. So, what you do off the park, I know, helps when you're when you're playing. Yeah. And Alec McDonald, Alan, I mean, as a manager, uh, he oversaw probably the Airdrie's greatest manager. If you think about it, what was he like to play for? Alec was great. Well, when he first when Alec first came in, I heard Alec got the job. I was like, I was kind of weary. Remember, I told you I had the child that year. I had the child with hearts. Yeah. And at that time, he was the manager of Harps. And uh, so obviously he knew about the trial and all that and blah, blah. And I thought, if he comes here, I'm going to be like, never sign me for Harps. So he's no, he obviously doesn't fancy me as a player, you know. And I, So that was normal. But it, it was weird because he come up and when he signed and he come in and he, he just pulled me in an office one day and I thought, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he... He says, I've been watching, because he'd been out of management for a while, and he said, I've been watching that league over uh, the last couple of years. And he says, seriously, I think you're one of the best players in that league. And I was like, oh. Oh. I, wow. said, I just looked at him and he says, what's the one? I says, I was coming in, I thought you were going to tell me that my time was finished here. Because <laughs> that thing and he didn't rate me. Anyway, yeah. oh. he says, you're playing. He says, and I believe you can play in the Premier League, no bother. He yeah. says, so just to let you know that and keep doing what you've been doing. 
So that that gave me a right good B boost right at the start of the season. Yeah. And for I think the first I think the first four or five games I scored in I scored in four of the five games in yeah. in the Premier League that season. And I was like, you know, goals are what you're committed by. I never ever ever thought myself because I always thought of myself as not an out and out striker, but somebody that can create chances for for other people as well. Yeah. So the the goal thing didn't really matter to me, but when somebody see when you're wearing number nine, people think, how's your number nine no scoring goals? That is the way I always looked at it, and that's the way I thought fans always looked. If you're a number nine, you should be scoring goals. So yeah. for the start of that season, uh, it went well for me. And eventually, I was either, I was playing through the middle or I was playing wide right, I was playing wide left. Because we Doddy loved playing, he, uh, he loved a 4-3-3. A four, he loved yeah. playing three, three forwards. So we had, a very, we had a very good season that season. Or season up. Yeah. Um, you joined Hearts, of course, in 95 in how did how did that move come about, Alan? Did you have to think about that one? Well, <laughs> what happened was I was still at Airdrie. I'd been Airdrie for about seven years now, and yeah. you know, been I was part. You know how you get you see you're part of the furniture, yeah. and I really got into a comfort zone there, and we were we were bringing in good players, and everything was going fine, but we thought he was bringing in players. And they were getting decent money. And I had always been there and I was always getting the same money as a doll. So I kind of asked, asked for a wage rise. For My contract was up and I asked an extra £50 a week, a two-year contract. Yeah. And they said, no, I'll give you, give you a, a two-year contract with the same wage. So I just yeah. said, well, there were guys here are getting... I knew they were getting more than me. So I said, I've been here a decent time and I've been a decent player. I just felt yeah. I was so nothing nothing was doing actually so I'll speak to whoever but I think when you go and speak to somebody the manager they'll say to the manager well do you think you should get it and the manager will say no so I always yeah. felt it was him that stopping me from getting it so I just I dug my heels and I said I wasn't resigning so I'd wait and I'd uh Got offered training facilities with Carter McLeod as a manager. So I went up and trained with him for a couple of weeks and then at the end of that, Murdo didn't offer me nothing. So I thought, right, back to the drawing board, had to go back to Airdrie, train with him again, kind of the tail between your legs kind of thing. <laughs> We'd always be like, ah, you would be back, you would be back, as if to say, <laughs> and I went, I'm not signing I can remember a conversation. He says, Well, who's going to find you? I says, Well, I'll just take my chance. So I waited and waited, and then eventually, a phone call one night for Bill McMurdo. Yeah. I don't know, he wasn't my agent at the time, but he, he was an agent. He was Jim Jeffries' agent, and Jim Jeffries got yeah. that heart's job because they had got rid of John Lambie. So I went to time to speak to Billy, Billy Brown and Jim and I was like, ah Luke, we want you to sign this sort of thing. Sort of sort of sort of sort of well, you know I'm an Edinburgh lad and everybody and their granny and Edinburgh was a great officer, heavy. <laughs> I said, it could be a bit of a block at a stumbling block. And Jim just says to me, son, 
he says, Alan, I'm telling you now, he says, I pray for heart. He says, it doesn't matter what team you support. See if you go out and be 100% for the jersey and show the fans that it means something to you, they'll accept you, no yeah. problem. So that was all I needed to hear, and I just said, right, give me the pen. And I was saying, I, 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 ironically, when he asked me wages, and I said, well, what you want to give me, and blah, blah, and I told him what I was getting. And he says, his birds were basically, are you shitting me? I went, no, that's what I'm getting. And he, and he says, I'll phone the club and find out. Because he must have thought I was joking because I wasn't getting <laughs> it. And so, as soon as I signed for them, I mean, they, they trebled my wage right yeah. away. They say, so when he says, right, we're going to treble that, right? And I says, right, well, that's brilliant. I says, what about a signing on fee? He <laughs> <laughs> says, fuck off. <laughs> He said, I've just travelled your route and you're going to sign the road. <laughs> that was that. I went there and kind of fitted in quite well because I, I knew a lot of the Hearts guys here because we played against them in the Premier League the yeah. seasons before that. So, plus being an Edinburgh lad, I knew them for growing up playing boys' club football. So, I, I knew Gary McKay, B. Robo, yeah. Big Henry. I, I knew a few of them. So, it was it was quite easy to fit in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the uh, Jim and Billy, of course, were in charge there at the time. What what, what were they like to to play under? Oh, you had to produce for them. That yeah. was, was a good cop, bad cop thing. Jim done all the, the hard talking, and Billy was Billy was the tactics man. He would yeah. do all the, the set piece and stuff like that. But Jim just tell you how it was. I mean, <laughs> if you you see the size of me, you see the size of me, and to see a man literally <laughs> two inches for your face, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, if you get that at half time, you know, you know what's what's what. But yeah, for me, sometimes I felt I needed that. I wasn't I wasn't sure that needed an arm around the shoulder. I needed somebody to say to me, you by the way, you need to get your finger out your hole and start yeah. playing. And for me, most of the managers that I played under were kind of like that. So that I, I, that suited me. That suited me yeah. because I never I was not I wasn't the type that went in the half. I bet if I'm getting criticized, it's for a reason. Yeah. But don't be don't get me wrong. Some see some of these managers come come, come off at half time. Alec McDonald or Jim Jesses, and I'm thinking, I'm getting it in here at half time. And then you go in, you sit down, and some unlucky bugger that you've not even thought about score it. You've you've been let off. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> see, as soon as you see, I'm going to somebody else. You're like that. <laughs> but, Two, two, two great managers, and yeah. Jim and Jim and Billy were a great team. They were a great yeah. team. And well, you 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 seen what they went and done with us. I left. I yeah. left a year after that, but you know what? I could have stayed on there another year because I had a two-year contract. Yeah. But what uh, what Jim says to me was, when the Airdrie thing come back, he, he put me in one day. He says, "You don't believe it, Airdrie brought me back." And I'm thinking, by the way, I could I would have been there if they offered me an extra fifty quid. <laughs> <laughs> so now they've asked me to sign and I'm going back, I'm telling them by the way, I'm on three times what I was getting. How are you going to give me that? And if it'll give you the wage that you were wanting, but we'll make the rest up 
they're signing on fee. So Jim said to me, he says, what do you think? I says, well, he says, look, realistically, because I was 34 by then, he says, probably yeah. your last chance to move. It's a wee nest egg for you if you want to do it. He says, you can stay and see your contract here. And he says, you'll still be part of the squad. But I was looking at the, the end of that season and during the pre-season, they brought in Colin, Ful- uh, Colin Cameron, David Fulton, David Weir, Neil McCann. You know, yeah. Jim was signed. When I first went there, I was I was kind of a stopgap, if you like. Mm. Just some interesting things up. Give the place I left, just wanted somebody with a bit of pace up front, maybe Robo and JC. Yeah. And and for me, I, I went there, I done what was required for me. So the opportunity to go back to Airdrie, I would say now to people, don't go back because it, it never works. Yeah. It never works. But I went anyway and I went and I, I took the chance to go back to Airdrie to sell some money. And then after there, it just went downhill. Yeah. Uh, of course, at that season at Hearts, so you'd played another Scottish Cup final. I mean, the ones that you played in before were, were quite close, but this one, uh, you were up against it, weren't you? It was a sort of a Gascoigne and Loudrop masterclass, wasn't it? What was that, that like to play and take to the field after about eight minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. See, see that season, because we have done reasonably well in the Premier League, we'd finished fourth, so we qualified for Europe. Yeah. And that was after a poor start this season. We had a really, really poor start, but we managed to claw it back and we managed to finish fourth to qualify for Europe get to the cup final and we'd, we'd beat Rangers a couple of times that season beat them twice yeah it's, it's, and you beat them 3 nil Ibrox as well when Alan Johnson scored that Alan. hat-trick I mean and see that I'm not being funny see that game I could have scored a hat-trick myself unbelievable I've, I've watched that game two or three times because it always yeah. comes up uh, comes up sometimes on a half side and yeah. always look and I think see the chances I see that I had a hat-trick that game but we, we absolutely destroyed him. Yeah. I brought straight. So I know just me, the guys. We had a feeling. We, we, we know we can beat them. We know yeah. we can beat them. But then what happened? We wake up. Lockie got injured after 10, 15 minutes. So I went on for that. And the, big, the big one was we lost the first goal, which was fine. Somebody knew there was going to be goals in the game. Loudrop scored and then other for us was Big Gilles when he's let the Loudrop cross through his legs. So that goes to two. Then their, their big players stepped up, didn't they? Loudrop, Gascoigne, Jury scored a hat trick. Yeah. See, once they got that, you know, that, that gave them the part to just go and, and basically they did, they just they, they destroyed us, absolutely yeah. killed us. And that was the one game where I'm thinking, I've been unlucky twice. This could be my winner's one, but yeah. <laughs> I had to kill losers there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think there'd be many teams that could compete with Rangers that, that day. There was something special, weren't there? In terms of Jules, uh, did he get the hairdryer treatment at half by, by, by Jim at all, or was it one of those ones where he just went, ah, here, it's just one of those things. He's, he's made a bit of an, an error there. We can't go mad at him. <laughs> Nah, see, to be fair, if it wasn't for Jules that season, we wouldn't have finished fourth in the league. The big man, when, when Jim signed him, the big man, he was outstanding. Yeah. 
a nice, a nice input from your mate off the park either. The, the other one we had at that time we signed as well was Fascali, or Bruno. Uh, uh, Bruno. Bruno, yeah. So Jim had the nucleus of a decent squad there. He got kind of ready. When I signed, he got kind of ready what you call the deadwood. He moved all the players on and built a team that was just good enough for that season to get them on a platform where they could improve. And as I say, then the camera engine oil would come in. But when you come in at half time in a cup final, you, you can't go through, boys. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you just go out and keep trying to do what you were doing. Just try to keep to your plan and hope that something maybe breaks for you. I think we, I think we scored a lead. I scored when it was three. I don't know if it was at three or four. He scored a goal, but I. Even myself, so, you know, that's a consolation goal because the way they were playing, every time they went forward, they looked like they were going to score. Yeah. So it was just, it was just one of these days, you know, it's that. But to, to lose a cup final five runs, nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, going up against these guys, I mean, they were, they were brilliant there on their day, but like you say, you'd, you'd beat them earlier on in the season. Did you enjoy playing against the... That the old firm, Alan, did, did, it, did it give you a wee oomph to go and show what you can do? Yeah, I always did. Even when we were at Airdrie in the Premier League, yeah. I can remember uh, when, we, when we played the old firm, I can't recall. Maybe once at Ibrox we got a doing 4-1 or 5-1 or something with Airdrie, but apart from that, you never ever... I, I think we went to Ibrox one time and we, we drew two all with them. Coyley scored two goals. I, I set them up for both goals. So I remember that game. So we, we got, for Airdrie to go to Ibrox and get a 2-2 draw against the kind of players, you know, your Haitleys, your McCoys, your Ants, eh, Butcher, right good players, all internationals. But they, I always felt when I played against the old firm, I wanted to prove to the guys that I'm playing against that I'm good enough to play on the yeah. same path as you and I'm going to, I'm going to try my hardest to show you because you know sometimes yeah. they come up with the bully big time attitude and go uh, I always remember I met I met uh, Richard Goff one time years ago it was after he finished playing but I met him one time I met him in Glasgow he said oh, how are you doing blah blah he used to say he see you fucking used to hate playing against you never just <laughs> up, you know one of these ones that never stop and I, you know what I was Proud as punch that somebody like that yeah. had come out of the stage because you always felt when you played the firm, I always said this thing they had this, and they did. Why would you know? You heard this arrogance about you, and you've got that look at me, I play for the best teams, and so you wanted to show them that you could yeah. compete with them, and that, that, that's all that's all we've done. As players and as a team, if you could go and get everybody in the same mindset, then you can make it very hard for them. Yeah. Um, when you're at Hearts, I mean, the Edinburgh Derby, what, what was that like? Oh, it was brilliant for me. Because growing up as an Edinburgh lad, and I always say that when I went to my first derby with my dad, I, I can remember watching the game and then saying to my dad, my uncles and my cousins and that after it, I would love how good it to be playing one of the games, you know, yeah. just because the atmosphere and maybe it was, it's, it's kind of different now because the game's so different. 
but just in the days and the whole thing and the, the fans were all mixed as well. See in the seventies, Hudson Hart yeah. at the game and the same bit of the the terrace. <laughs> when I made my Derby debut, it was it was fantastic, it was brilliant. Just a great, great feeling. I was taking stick to all sides because you know you go over to take a throw or something, you hear somebody and it, it was all mates, you know, boys that you grew up with, people you were at school with, like that. I'm trying to play the game. <laughs> It, it was weird, but it was weird, but uh, a great experience, and I'm just so glad that I've done it. Growing up as a wee schemy in Edinburgh, and, um, to play in the derby is just brilliant. Did you get any sort of any grief for family and friends then, and that sort of stuff? You get a wee bit, of, a wee bit of banter because you were playing for the Hearts. I used to get banter on that because I can remember uh, at New Year I was going straight to my mates in Edinburgh because it was, I can't remember where the derby was. It was either at Tincastle. Obviously, I think Ashley so I can't remember. But I was going up to my mate, my my cousin's house after it for New Year. In fact, it, sorry, it wasn't the this night. And they they are all mad hippies. Yeah. The whole the whole family and they're all so I went up and I went straight for my game. I put my heart's blazer and my tie and everything. <laughs> Banner outside the door. No jambos allowed. <laughs> and I think that I think that day game might be a draw. So everybody was everybody was happy enough. You know what I mean? But we'd all have yeah. to have waited if your hearts winning just to give yeah. them a time. Yeah. Aye, absolutely. Of course you went back to Airdrie that didn't quite work out and then uh, we spell it at, at Partick, but um, a, a nice wee time you had it at Stenhouse Muir. Yeah, well when I went back to Steny, I went back to where it all started for me with Terry. Yeah, yeah, right enough. Because I, I had, uh, as I say, I left, I left Airdrie and I swapped with David Farrell. David Farrell went to Airdrie and I went to Partick. Yeah. John McVeigh was now the manager, who was my assistant at Airdrie. He was now manager at Partick Thistle. So I went there and we got relegated that year. We got relegated and then John got sacked. I just, that was full-time football done for me. So I went, I went away and... And just uh, went part time with Stennis Muir. So it was back to yeah. Terry. And we, I think we got promoted that year, first time ever. Got promoted and moved up into the, the division. It was funny because I started off Terry, started off as a striker, played good, I was playing up front. And I can remember, uh, I think I was called a hat trick against Albie Rover. Uh, yeah. I, I was playing up front with a guy, Willie Waters. Willie Waters would play become Arnock and that. So, good, did a good understanding. It's good to have something. And then, following week, uh, we were at training. Terry pulls me in. She's got a young boy, Kenny Muller, two herbs. We're yeah. going to get him on. Yeah. We're going to get him on. Oh, she's like, oh, that's brilliant. He says, No, I said, I'm going to play him up front, Willie. I says, what? I says, I've just scored a hat-trick. He says, no, but he's very similar to you. He's better suited to playing with Willie. He says, and, and I says, and what about me? He says, I'm going to play you uh, full-back again so you can do the whole wing-back thing. You know, the way <laughs> up and down, up and down. I'm like, Terry, <laughs> I'm 37. <laughs> 
I see I'm scoring goals and I'm enjoying it and I, now you're wanting me to start running up doing the box to and he says well take it or leave it <laughs> <laughs> so that was it and then from there on I, I finished playing a right back or right wing yeah wow that season and we, to be fair Kenny come in and done probably for us yeah. you, you could see he was going to be a player what well, I mean he was yeah. Sharp as attack, lethal finisher and all-round worker. You know, worked for the team as well, so he was destined for bigger things as well. But Terry done well to get him in. But yeah. that was me. But we got promoted. We got promoted after the, I think, after the second season. I, and then I went yeah. to Cowden. Yeah. Uh, off the field in the year 2000, you you, you started in the, uh, a show at Glory. What was that like? Oh, sure, that was brilliant, brilliant. It's funny because about two weeks ago, you know, this boredom thing sets in and something yeah. the telly because I'm football out my nut now. Fucking so full, I'm so hungry. And one of, one of my mates uh, texts me and he says, you'll never guess what I'm watching. I says, what? He says, shot at glory. I says, I went to the picture to see it after I'd been in it. I says, and it's utter shit. <laughs> and it was. Do you put the Vals Scottish hat? Have you ever seen it? I have seen it. I watched, I watched it a few years ago, and you're, you're right, it's it's dreadful, but it's, it must have been fun to be involved in, right enough. See, the fact, Bill, then when you said that to me, I says to her, I'm going to watch that again, right? So I sat and watched it, and it was cringy, right? <laughs> It brought back great memories for me. It's it was your own sight every day. What you've yeah. done is it's like going in the morning, you sign the book to say you're there so that you get paid. Yeah. You could be there for eight in the morning to eight at night and you've done nothing. So what we what they done was they always had facilities where we could maybe like see because we're all football, we could have like card school squad. They set up like a wee head tennis football court where we could get a game of head tennis and stuff like that. We were always occupied. Yeah. And plus, it was in the summer, so the weather was even good as well. So it was, you could just lounge about and enjoy watching other, the real actors doing their stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was just, that was, was a great, great, great thing to be involved in. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. But as I say, you get, I get people all the time. How many times can you go up to someone by the way? Talking in a movie with Duval. Boy, it's been the Godfather and numerous other films. I've been up there. And you're walking about there, right? And it's, it's meant to be gone out and he's walking about in that. And all right, all right, all right, Bobby. Or it's like, like he's your best mate. <laughs> big guys like Big Johnny Martin's here. Big John, he's a joker. Coyley's a joker. Kenny Black, they're yeah. all persons. See, Duval, Duval loved it. He said, see the, the amount of times he was filming, he's gone, God, I wish I was with you. A bit, a bit of the banter. And he was always walking about with a notepad. You know, boys would say something, a Scottish phrase. Big joke, Paul, got a cracker one day. You know, we're up playing uh, heat tennis and he's, he's at the net and he did one out and he's great and I've won the point. And somebody's wet down, I yell, okay, bastard. And he's wet, he's big jokes, wet, I fucking ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What was that, John? Who's that? <laughs> more, Bobby. Asher, more. <laughs> He says, what's that a reference to? So <laughs> try to explain that one. That means Bobby that uh, <laughs> And he's like, oh, he's, he come in and he, he obviously got his acting skills in the dressing room for John McVeigh. Yeah. You know, when he's pulling all that stuff about. Yeah. Because that fucking John like that wee fucking lobby items now and again. <laughs> <laughs> But he come in that we weren't even told about that. See that scene where he's come in and he's got the, the water bottle thing with Yeah. And he's fucking launched it. And, <laughs> off the water and it's hit off the wall. And I'm thinking, nobody knew about that. So if I had to hit anybody. <laughs> but uh no, it was fun. great, great days, great days. And obviously the camaraderie got it's funny, it was him and Michael Keaton. Duval was brilliant, Michael Keaton, he was a bit, he was that far up his own arse, it wasn't he real. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, he had his big, you know, his big camper van, and he was playing his tennis a lot, and look about the ball, boys, one of the boys, yeah, you guys, you can't even help. Michael's, Michael's trying to get some sleep. Oh, the done was just kept battering it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, like, get away, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's saying, Bobby's a man, Bobby's a man. <laughs> <laughs> great days, great days. That would have been a bit of fun, I'd imagine. Um, I was going to ask as well, in terms of players that you played with and, and, and against, is there any one that sticks out as the best player that you played with and you, you, the toughest opponent you came up against? Uh, best player I played with. There's not many, but if you, if I, I push, I, I would probably pick Lee Robo. This guy just fucking oozed goals. I always remember when I was going to Hartsy, he went, Nipper, I can't tell you how happy I am you're here. And I went, what, from my pace and that? He went, no, because you're good at getting penalties. Not <laughs> because he's on the penalty. <laughs> like that. And to be fair, it was shite because I only got on one penalty all season. <laughs> But it's strange because he used to get penalties for nothing. But yeah. uh, we Robo, I mean, Tommy Coy, another great finisher. Owen Coyle, there's another one. And just to pick between all them, that's to see it would probably be, I mean, be Robo, just because his record was for I mean, yeah. even when it, you, you go you go to training with these guys and you play these teams and it, they just stay at training as well. It's not like they just score on a Saturday because it's a big game. See at training, they yeah. want to score. They want to score the most goals at training, and they want to be the best. And that's what you need. You need guys like that. But that 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 would probably be the one. But if you're talking about players that I've played against, ability-wise, where do you go? Davy Cooper. Give it all, give, you know where I loved him watching him the best in the 10 and 60s. You're right up close to him and you could see it. And the man was a genius. Yeah. Paul Gascoigne, there's another one. Yeah. Brian Loudrup, Decanio. I mean, we I mean, you understand when people say, who's the best of Ah, It's a tough question, isn't it? You could pick any one of those guys. I mean, they're out, outstanding, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and but my, my most difficult centre backs 
would probably be the pairing a Goff and Brown and McLeish and Muller at Aberdeen. Apart from being good players, they're all great referees as well. So they refereed the game. Yeah. I mean, I used to look around at them sometimes and go, how have you just not got the whistle? Because you're telling the referee what I mean, you should be doing. But just like they had that thing about them. Yeah, but, but they were really, they were, they were good players. They were good yeah. players. Well, you know, well, they're all, in, I was going to say they're all international, but Brown was not Brownie, wasn't he? Yeah. Got a Scotland cap, did he? Uh, I still can't get my head around that one. How he never earned a, a, a Scotland cap. You know what I mean, it's, it's it's crazy to think that. I mean, how good he was. Well, that's it's the usual, isn't it? You, when you move to Dundee to Ibrox, you always think as soon as you go to the old firm, you get a cap. It was like Toss McKinley, under twenty one international, couldn't he get a queen for Scotland? Goes for Hearts. Well, goes for Hearts has a great season. Still making. Goes to Celtic, and you go straight in the Scotland team. Aye, just shows you. I was going to ask as well, and is there any is there any goal that sticks out for you? Is is your favourite goal that you scored? Uh, favourite goal that I scored. Oh, probably when I played in the the season we got to the cup final with Hearts, and we played St Johnston away in the quarter final up at McDermott. We ended up, we beat them 2-1. And that was, we, we'd been going through a kind of sticky patch around about that time. And St. Johnston, Johnston yeah. were a good team. They had a good team. And we were going up to McDermott and there was a lot of, there was a lot of apprehension in the team. And I always remember, I was just thinking, I had a really good game of that. And in fact, got the, the man of the match for that game. But uh, I scored the first, I scored the opening goal in that game. And I, I think that was a, 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 it's probably the most important goal because see that season, if we lost a goal first, we used to we used to find it hard to try and get back in it. So to get the first goal, and then that that, that kind of settled our nerves and we moved on. We played really well. We played well, but St Johnson played well as, and I, I can't remember how that game went. I can't remember if it went to one all. Or were we two now up? Went, no, I think it went one all. And then later on, Big Dave, I think Big Dave McPherson took a header to win it for us. But that goal for me was one of the it was one of the reasons how we got to the final. See, every time I played yeah. in the derby, or, 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 or I was on, I was pleased. Just something happened for me, so I can just just <laughs> score the winning goal and just go up to all the fans and just. But I did get the joy of that one day when we when we played at Easter Road. We were two one down, and we were down to ten men because Kai got st- uh, Kai got sent off for Stamford and Gareth Evans. <laughs> there are a few folk wanted to do that anyway. <laughs> Kai got sent over down to ten men. Used all about ninetieth minute free kick all done it. Like a smash and that, and we robo right at the heart end. Yeah, just uh, see that beyond just. See all the fans running down there and they're standing there. It's but it seems like you're experienced that it's hard to explain. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um and I was, do, you, do you keep all your, your medals and that sort of stuff, Alan? Have you got all that up in the up in the loft? But they're all in a cupboard, I I mean I've got I've got my three cup final cups all themed up in my wall in my hall. 
But yeah. my medals, I couldn't even tell you where my medals are. Aye. There's somewhere in a cupboard. Who wants to see a loser's medal? No, I know, exactly. And I know you did a wee bit of coaching and all that back in the days. Is, do you sort of have aspiration to get back into that at all? Or is that you? I'm finished with the game now. What yeah. happened was when I finished with the, the senior game, I went to Barkgate. Because one of my ex-teammates, Paul Jack, he was there. He was there doing a bit of coaching with Barkgate juniors. And he'd says to me, when I finished playing, when I was 39, he went, Alan, you could still play here a season. I'm like, oh, give a break. <laughs> he, he says, I'm telling you. He says, I've seen you because you're still fat. He says, and you're, a bit of experience would be good for us. And I says, aye, but you get, the usual, you get the, the ex-pro going to play junior and everybody's just got to kick on suit them. And <laughs> so I played for a season. I actually done all right. played for a season, but it was catching up on me. Yeah. And I was getting sick of the, the old, you know, Aye, it's a new thing now. He's getting. I wish I needed. It was just I had. I kind of lost my. I'd lost my mojo. Yeah. And I, I really so. I, Paul says right. I speak to Willie. Willie Hill was the manager, and he says I'll get. Willie's going to be stepping down in about a year or so. He says I'll be taking the man. We'll be a manager and assistant, and that's what we've done. So we went on and we won the. We won the Scottish Cup. We go to the final one year. And we lost to Auckland Lake. And then I think two years later we got to the final again and we beat uh, Renfrew. Renfrew we beat in the final. Yeah. Like that. But uh I, that so that was good. I got a winner's one eventually. <laughs> so done that and then what happened was we we Paul one season we were looking at relegation with Bathgate. We had five games yeah. left with four of them to stay up. And we stayed up. We won the last four games. We stayed up and they sacked us. <laughs> I got a phone call when I was on holiday in Florida. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's also, he's just wanting to tell you that your services are no longer there. <laughs> hey, boy, mate. That was it. <laughs> what happened then was Marcel and Paul got a, because we were friendly with Jimmy Boyle and Kenny Black. Who were manager yeah. and assistant manager at Airdrie. Well, it was Airdrie United at that time. So they had asked us if we wanted to come in and take the youth team because it was too much. Lee Boyley had been doing it, but Boyley was now Kenny's assistant. So yeah. Too much for them. So we, we come in and took, took over what at that time was the under 19s and loved it. Done it for a couple of years and flying brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, just no involvement with the first team. We just took the boys. Before, if anybody's doing well, tell Kenny, come and watch them play this game. And if you think, and, and we're done. We got them a few players through, and things were looking good. And then Kenny got the sack. Jimmy Boyle got the job. And Jimmy then asked me and Paul to step up to work with the first team. And I, 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 me and Paul had a discussion because I'm thinking, you know, now if you go into the first team, after that, says, if we keep if we keep this job, then if somebody else comes in as manager, we're still here. And Paul says, I bet he could come in and bring his own youth play coaches in anyway. Mm-hmm. Says, because if we go into the first team with Jimmy, when you go into first team football and you're coaching, you're guaranteed the sack's coming Monday. 
<laughs> so anyway, we took a step up. Can you know, let Jimmy down? Because great, great teammate and great mate. So we took the took the role with that, and then a year after that, Paul had to move for his work because he was going. He was away in Dubai. Yeah. So I was left with just me and Jimmy, and uh, we battled around well, about 2012-2013. We got to the playoffs. We beat Air United doing it air, and then we got uh, the next playoff. We got to we got Dumbarton, and I, I, I can't remember. I played Dumbarton, and we went to Excelsior, and they battered us five one. Yeah. And after that, we just like knew what, knew what was coming. Knew yeah. what was coming. So I just said to him, I said, "After enough, that's me. I'm not going to be doing any more." Because he knew himself, and he says, "Well, if anything else comes up, will you come to me?" And I says, well, unless it's full time, I said, no. I says, because I've got a job now anyway. I said, yeah. part time's not doing it for me. I'd rather just do my work and do whatever at the weekend, do my golfing or whatever I want, just enjoy it. Then we weren't enjoying it. That's the manager that put years on me. And by the way, and I'm only an assistant, so I can imagine how Jimmy felt, because yeah. he's got the answer to everybody. I'm going to have the answer to him. But uh, as for that, uh, I'm finished now. I, I, I enjoy going. I do. Uh, I'm an ambassador for Airdrie now for the club. Yeah. So I do hospitality all the the home games. Just go in and mingle at the games that day. Then a bit hospitality. Yeah. So then you do a question and answer. And kind of similar to what you've done with me, just asking questions about your career and that, and just trying to have a bit of banter after them. And, that's it. That's what. That's what I'm doing on Saturday. Well, hopefully you'll be doing it again sometime soon, Lord. I, I don't know when we'll be getting the, the football back. I know. I've I've actually missed it, mate. You know, I've missed. Yeah. I've, I, it's strange. I've no missed it. Seems terrible. I've no missed the games. I've missed the banter with the punters and the. You know, you're in the hospitality suite and yeah. I'm in a game after the game, and for me. The game doesn't bother me now. Yeah. The game doesn't bother me now. I like, I want to see everyone and here my team. I yeah. want to see them doing well, but it doesn't affect my life the way it used to. Yeah, that's a good way to be. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Alan. I've really appreciated you, you, you coming on. So, um, yeah, thanks very much for, for telling us your story. It's a pleasure, mate. Well, that was episode 54 of the Talking Fitball podcast with Alan Lawrence. I hope you enjoyed it as ever. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous shows, you can catch them all on the likes of Apple, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, and also by visiting the website, talkingfitball.co.uk. You can keep up to date with all the latest goings on, plus there's a host of great articles in there as well. We're also on Twitter. You can follow us at Talking underscore Fitball, and we're on Facebook as well. I hope you can join me again next week when I'll be chatting with a former Dutch international much loved at Ajax and Nottingham Forest. But until then, stay safe and bye for now.